This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Time for us to start recording. Oh, my God. All right. Is it going to start recording? It always takes forever to start recording, but hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another amazing Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you decide to listen to this, I just hope that you're listening to it. But as always, I'm your host, Tia. I have with me the amazing Brittany. Brittany, how are you this morning, and how was your Christmas? I'm good. I'm good. I had an amazing Christmas. I, uh, I like, I, I never get the like actual uh, holiday spirit until it's actually here. And I'm like, oh, Christmas. And then I want to sleep for a million years after it comes. That's why I was like, I did not dream the day after Christmas. I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to lay here. And apparently the cats are tired because they're all laying on me right now. I think we've talked about this before where um, I've said that for Halloween, right, as soon as it hits October 1st, I'm in the Halloween spirit. But for Christmas, it's like I don't get there until Christmas Eve. That's when suddenly I'm like, oh, the Christmas spirit has overcome me. But before then, I say, get that away from me. <laughs> I think it's because they already start pushing Christmas down your throat by, like, October where you're like with uh for I mean sorry for Christmas and so I think it's kind of like with Halloween it's kind of like you don't feel like Halloween's quite there until October hits and then it's like okay I'm really ready I'm really ready and then like with November you're like oh Thanksgiving but then people are like oh it's almost it's uh it's December Eve is how I think uh, <laughs> November starts to be seen. Please, in August, I feel as if you're seeing fake Christmas trees in the stores and Santas and shit like that. And I just sit there going, come on, guys, come on. He has his own month. Just push him away. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like with like the antique shop, right? A lot of the vendors are like, when do we, should we start putting like out our holiday stuff? And I always say, oh, watch for Walmart, you know, when they start switching or like, you know, like the dollar store, you know, things like that. Once they start swapping into their holiday stuff, that's when people really get ready to buy like the fall stuff and the Christmas stuff. And, and like, and I was right about it, but if you look at like freaking Walmart and stuff, they start doing it in like October, November, and you're like, well, gee, Jesus. It to me, it's like I understand getting, say, your Christmas shopping done earlier. Maybe you see things during the summer, even where because that's happened to me, where I'll see something and I'll buy it because I say to myself that would make a good Christmas present. And it's like I get that, but to just be full on Christmas for so long. And it almost, to me, makes it feel even more so like such a commercial holiday and takes away from, say, like, and not even in a religious sense, but just the family sense. To me, it, you know, it takes away from the Christmas meaning. (laughs) I know. I know. 
It's why I've never say liked Valentine's Day. You know my opinion on Valentine's Day. Because it's so commercialized, and that's my problem with it, where it just is, you know, it's just a pushing of materialistic bullshit. So (laughs) Um, that's... Like, I felt like I got so skeptical because, you know, I was really excited about, like, you know, when I was doing all, like, the father the winter versus, like, old man winter research, it was like, oh, you know, he's, you know, St. Nicholas, but the, uh, like, the Dutch would, I think they called him, like, St., uh, like, Christa or something like that, it was, like, something, and, like, like towards like the 1800s like early 1900s like they really were like oh sure to start doing this and it became more of like a commercialized event more than anything and i was like oh so you're saying america only really likes tentacles because it meant selling stuff and i was like well that just makes me sad well i'm pretty sure i watched say some sort of special or documentary once years ago where sometime in, I don't know, the 16, 1700s in Europe, Christmas was, say, banned because it just became this um, holiday of debauchery. Um, And I think it's through... I think it was, like, through the pagan symbols, such as the wreath and the tree, that then it suddenly started coming back as more of a like symbolic celebration. I don't know. I may be talking out of my ass because it's been a while since I've seen that special, but it was a really interesting history on Christmas, but we're not here to talk about that. And also, I also reap the benefits of a commercialized Christmas because I'm an only child and I got quite a bit of gifts this year as I do every year. She got the only child, huh? I got the only child haul, you know, I'm not going to complain about it, but <laughs> um, we are not here for that. We are here because, as Brittany pointed out to me, this is going to be our last top 10 of 2020. Not our last top 10 ever. We will be back in 2021 better than ever. We have some awesome top 10s on the horizon for you guys, but because the end of the year is nigh, we are here to talk about the top 10 movies that we're excited for in 2021. Um, I was thinking, because, you know, the past two years, we've always done a top 10 movies from the year that's ending, right? But 2020 hasn't had, like, any movies, so... Yeah, so that list couldn't uh survive or anything i saw something like the top grossing films of this year were something like birds of prey and like two other obscure movies really where it's like any other year that wouldn't be the case right it's it's just funny so i don't know anyway so there's like no movies we could not have done that they pushed pretty much everything to 2021 hopefully we will be on track because 2021 is going to be packed with movies and really good movies too. I was looking at the list of everything coming out in 2021 and I said to myself, this is going to be exciting. Um, Granted, I don't know how I'm going to see some of these movies if they don't open up the theaters because there's no theaters open near me. I see with Wonder Woman 1984 having come out recently, like I watched on HBO Max, 
but I know some people went to go see it in theaters around the country, but that's, there's no theaters here. So if they don't open up the theaters and get things under control, I'm not going to be able to see some of these movies. I was going to say, like, HBO Max made it, like, a definite, like, power play by, like, bringing all their stuff in where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to give you movies so you can watch them from our house. But I feel like, um, these, these companies are going to start cutting out the middleman of the theater, which is really sad because theaters hardly make any money at all anyways. They, well, like, so you know, the power move by, Warner Brothers, right, is a catch-22. Because for me, as the viewer, I thought it was great. I don't got to go to the theaters. I don't have to risk exposure or anything. And if you have HBO Max, you can watch these movies, and it's free. Like, it's not an additional charge. See, with Disney+, Plus, when they released Mulan on Disney+, Plus, even if you had Disney+, Plus, you still had to pay an additional fee to access the movie. And for Wonder Woman, I could just watch it, right? So to me, I thought that was awesome. You mean I can watch The Suicide Squad when it comes out on HBO Max? Like, we don't know how things are going to be in 2021. Just because the clock strikes midnight doesn't mean freaking COVID's going away, right? But but the uh, studios are pissed. The directors are pissed because, you know, they make that money from the theater sales. So if these movies aren't going into theaters, they're not getting that additional money. Like I saw something like Christopher Nolan is pissed. He's considering like going to other studios when he does his movies. Frickin' Dennis Villeneuve, who is doing Dune, is pissed about it because I guess they said they didn't ask any of, like, the directors or the stars if it was okay. I mean, other people are, like, all right with it. I think Gail Godot and Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman are, like, we just want people to see this movie. Because if you remember, Wonder Woman 84 was supposed to come out last year, and then it got pushed to this year, and then it got pushed again the date because of everything. So for them, they're, like, I just want people to see our fucking movie. Yeah, but they're, they're like, we're losing the hype on it. It's kind of like when video games keep getting pushed back, and when they finally come out, you're like, okay, you know, I didn't expect this to ever come out, and it's like you're hyped about it, but you're also like, ah, uh, you build up so much hope for it, so it's kind of like for them, they're like, please. And that's why I think, like, I keep seeing Twitter a buzz with, like, either, oh, I freaking love the movie, or I freaking hate it, and I'm like, I wonder if they would have liked it better if it had come out, you know, earlier on where they didn't have such hype built around it i will say as someone who watched it it wasn't bad but i am also glad that i didn't have to pay a theater ticket for it oh oh <laughs> uh Pedro Pascal, that's a lot in, in my opinion Pedro pascal was the best thing about that movie um, play in that movie without like like spoils because I saw that it's not really a spoiler or anything like that um he plays this character Maxwell Lord um and he pretty much is because the thing takes place in the 80s so he's pretty much the epitome of sleazy car salesman um just wanting to like but then he gains he gains wishing powers I won't say how but he gains wishing powers through a means, and that pretty much then makes him, say, power-hungry. 
um, to the point where it's just like accumulating and keeps getting like worse and worse because his greed keeps getting worse and worse. I thought it was really good. I thought like Pedro Pascal was just like chewing the scenery so much. I mean, he was on another plane. He was in a different movie because he is just like going for it. <laughs> That's like when you sent me that that gif of like him. I was like, um, who is this? What is going on? I do not understand. It's <laughs> cool. Well, his whole thing is like, I can sell you the future. I can give you what you want, anything you want. But the whole like mess. I don't think this is spoiling it, but the whole message of the movie is pretty much like, be careful what you wish for. Like, to me, that was the whole trope of the movie. Be careful what you wish for, because you may get what you wish for, but the price that it takes from you is greater than you want to pay. Is that like monkey paw? Yes, yes. Oh, my God, they even mentioned that at some point in it. (laughs) They even mentioned that it's like monkey paw. So there you go. That's the perfect explanation, explanation for the whole thing in Wonder Woman 84. Again, like, it wasn't bad. Um, I just, you know me with DC movies. It's like they always feel so loose. Like they can't make really just such a solid movie or anything like that, which I know like the people who are DC fans are listening and they're all turning off right now. But um, if you listen to the top 10, you know my feelings for the current DCEU. It's just they never feel like they can make such a substantial movie. Like, that's how I felt with Birds of Prey. It wasn't bad, but it just was so, like, it wasn't tight at all. And I'm like, I don't know why they can't stick the landing. You have good actors in it. Why are you not sticking the landing with these? I feel like it's because, you know, and we can go, you know, Thor was a terrible movie. Most yes. of the Thor movies were freaking terrible. Except but for I think Ragnarok. That, <laughs> except for but uh, I think it's kind of like when you're pushing so much to have a, a really, like, in-depth universe, but you're just, like, basically pooping out movies and not doing, like, the fine detail work, like, to make them all connect and kind of give everything depth of why it's so serious that this happened, right? Because since the reworking stuff, especially with uh, like with Ben Affleck leaving and Henry Cavill, it's I'm trying to think of the word for it. It there was something I was going to say along with the because like with Marvel they had it so planned out, you know, like every yeah. thought or action that would happen with it, they kind of just did that. Uh, there was something I was going to say, and I cannot remember, and it may come back to me later, that it had to do with kind of like when they're like pushing for all these universes to come together. Oh, there was um, a thing I watched where uh, it was like, oh, FPS shooters, like first-person shooter stories, like in a nutshell. And this guy's like, oh, this, oh, so this is supposed to be my best friend that we have, like, plot like we have like a really like deep rich backstory and he's like and but the guy just every now and goes hey you remember when we were kids and like doesn't like show you the backstory it doesn't show you anything it's just like little like blips of like details that you're supposed to make you like attached to this character that you have no idea about and you're like oh okay i guess i'm supposed to be attached to you well and yes they had moments where to me 
they expected you to feel as if they were bigger than they were. Like there were moments in the film, and I said this to some of my, you know, some of the people at Geek Fives where I was like, you're in the middle of something going on, and they're like, let's right now is a really good time to take a pause for some like emotional bullshit. And I'm like, it just didn't seem like right timing. But anyway, this isn't a Wonder Woman 1984 review. Um, but if you want to watch it, Pedro Pascal is, like, the best thing about it. But we are doing the top ten movies we're looking forward to in 2021. Um, you know, I think we should just dive right into it. Brittany, please start us off with your number ten. I was going to say, I haven't seen a huge amount of details on it yet, but my interest has definitely peaked. Uh, Cruella, because... They're having freaking Emma Stone play, like, Cruella. And for me, she's normally such, like, a sweet, likable character. So to see her kind of fall into that mindset. The most I've seen on the plot is that, uh, let me see here. Let me find it. There we go. And it says, a 1970s London young fashion designer, Estella... Deville becomes obsessed with dog skin, especially Dalmatians, until she eventually becomes a ruthless and terrifying legend known as Cruella. And to me, that's so interesting because, yeah, we know that Cruella sucks in 101 Dalmatians, but I do like when they give it, like, backstories. It's kind of like the Maleficent. And though I feel like with, like, Maleficent, there was a way to, like, be like, oh, you know, you did it for this reason, you know, but you're redeemable. Oh, no, you're going to redeem, like, killing dogs and making yeah. you know but i definitely you know what's interesting about like corella and the 101 dalmatians is there really was a push in the fashion scene against using fur like I, i'm sure you remember like people wearing furs and people throwing like paint on them as, they didn't like, throw paint they threw blood like <laughs> Uh, I re- I think as a kid, I remember them throwing paint on someone, but they probably just, like, switched that out for, like, a, chi- a child-friendly uh, uh, viewing yeah. <laughs> Um, No, I mean, the thing is with this Cruella movie, I feel like there was so much information about it when, say, it was first announced, and now I feel as if we're getting zero information about it. Like, when I looked for the 2021 movies and I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. This is coming out. But it's interesting that, as you said, Emma Stone is going to be playing Cruella because she's normally not in that sort of role. But I think it's exciting to see actors, like, stepping out of their comfort zone. And as you said, I really liked Maleficent. And while I don't think that necessarily this is going to redeem her, really, because we know what she turns into and, uh, you know, animal abuse is never redeemable. But to give a backstory and maybe just see a younger Cruella that just really kind of just becomes evil more and more i i think it's cool and again the whole like 1970s london fashion scene i think it's going to be interesting it's kind of like um oh 
I think it's like, you know, we get obsessed with like, oh, the backstories of people, right? Like anytime there's like an awful event or like anything with like, oh, even say like serial killers, we're like instantly like, oh, I want to know their past. I want to know what made them that way. So I think it only makes sense that when we have villains in shows or villains in movies, like we're instantly like, well, because it goes back to the argument of like, oh, are we born evil or does that just, you know, happen later on and I think it's interesting to see Cruella like oh was that already in her or what events could have possibly shaped it well it's like when Joker came out last year right to me you know I mean you had the people who sat there and said oh it sympathized him and all that to me I didn't think it redeemed him at all it was just his it was his backstory it was his origin story and it was him becoming the most notable villain in DC ever. You know, you saw why that happened. It didn't make me go, now when I look at the Joker, go, oh, poor Joker. It's like, it just, because as you said, no one is born like that. <laughs> no one pops out of the womb like that, you know? <laughs> so I know. Some event had to have happened to make that switch. And it's like, just because we're seeing it doesn't mean that we're trying to, you know, make people sympathize. It's just showing you. So if we're just being shown uh, Cruella's backstory and why she became the way she did, I don't think that's wrong um, at all, you know? Yeah. You know who we don't mind with that, though? Who? Loki. Oh, well, you know, Loki's certainly different. Loki, But Loki, even in the comics, has always, say, like, flip-flopped back and forth, you know, uh, between being, say, redeemable and being a bad guy or something. Listen, that's that's Loki. Loki's completely different. <laughs> I just laugh because, you know, there there is a certain character where we're like, well, you see, uh, his father abandoned him and his adopted father abandoned him and you would you see everyone abandon him and you know, it just goes on and on i felt sympathy for loki in the first like 10 minutes of the first thor i was like this is who i gravitate to this is who i attach to who who is this blonde guy here <laughs> he's trash but he's our trash exactly i'm telling you like the first thor loki is what got me interested in the mcu like, I watched the first Iron Man, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. But, you know, back then, we weren't used to extended universes. We just thought – I just thought it was a movie, you know? Like, oh, this is – you know, maybe we'll have a sequel to it, and it'll now just be its own thing, right? But you didn't, like, grasp the concept of, like, everything's going to be connected together. And then – when I saw Thor and I was so interested in like the Loki uh, aspect of it, then all of a sudden I was like, I want to keep watching like what's going on in this world. <laughs> I know you're like, you're like, uh, Thor brought me in, but Loki made me stay. Exactly. Exactly. So I think Corel is a great way to start out this top 10. Um, I am interested to see what Emma Stone does and I hope that she does it really well. So yeah, let's go to number nine. So talking about actors who are kind of stepping out of their comfort zone, I wanted to talk about the movie Cherry that is coming out next year. It's directed by the Russo brothers, and it stars Tom Holland. And it stars Tom Holland, and again, as 
like with the Corella, I don't have as much information. But what I do know is that it's pretty much about Tom Holland's character being an opioid addict and going Shit. through that. And it's like when we think of Tom Holland, we think of, say, Peter Parker. Oh, he's so nice and, you know, he's so fun and he's so goofy and all that. And so it's like to see – and that's the thing is that I think he's a really good actor. I saw him in the Netflix movie The Devil You Know, and while he's not bad or anything, his character is so serious. And I thought that he did a really good job in that. And I was like, I think Tom Holland – has the ability to do this. We're just so used to him now as Peter Parker. So, you know, for him to be in this movie where he's going to be, you know, this addict that, um, you know, is robbing people in order to get money to feed his habit and all that, I think that that is going to be something that we're not used to with him, but I'm excited to see it. And um, the Russo brothers seemingly now that they're, say away from marvel want to make movies that have things to do with real life that's why they did mosul because they wanted to shine a light on the real um you know iraqi squad that was fighting against isis you know overseas and then i think i forget where they're from now um in the united states but like where they're from has like a really huge number of people dependent on opioids so they want to tell that story as well and the fact that they're using tom holland for it and i see like a few of the pictures and i think he looks at least the part right and i think yeah. that you know the Russos had to – it couldn't have just been like, oh, yeah, we really like working with Tom Holland. Let's get him in because it's like if they didn't think Tom Holland had the chops to play this character, they could have just gotten any of the other, like, millions of Marvel people that they've worked with, you know? And I think it's interesting. Like, it's a smart move with uh, for Tom Holland because he does kind of get typecast as, like, oh, I'm cute. I'm fun-loving. I, you know, I he get, he's still playing, like, how old is he? And, you know, he's still playing, like, you know, what is what is Peter Parker supposed to be in the Marvel Universe? He's 17? supposed to be, like, 16, 17. He's supposed to still be, like, a teenager in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, and I know it's like, oh, he's not going to grow or age, really, you know, in the next foreseeable future but i think it's a smart move to show hey i can play serious parts don't type me cast me into being a kid because i'm not a kid i think it's good that like i think it's good for the longevity of being like oh yeah i can play these movies like this you know i can play as a kid but i think definitely he would probably want to be able to show hey i can do mature roles i can you know i can be serious i think it's kind of like shia labeouf like he went from like, oh, yeah, I'm the sweet, nerdy guy, like, in movies, or, you know, like, even Stevens, and then wanted to push for something like Fury. Well, Shia LaBeouf is in a bit of uh, trouble in the recent week. I don't know if you've been seeing what's going no, on. No, I didn't. But what's going on? I was hoping, you know, I was all for his redemption story, but it's not looking good for, uh, for Shia LaBeouf. Uh, he's got some really hefty... Uh, domestic abuse allegations against him. So he got dropped from a a recent movie. It's not good for him. But with Tom Holland, see those. You're not on social media. Um, Tom Holland, though, like 
Tom Holland is 24, right? And he really started his career by being in, say, a musical when he was younger, Billy Elliot. So it's like you got Billy Elliot, you got Peter Parker, like lighthearted roles. So as you said, it's like good for the longevity of his career because it's like, you know, he's not going to play Peter Parker forever. You know, I mean, listen, we love him as Peter Parker. We can continue to see him as Peter Parker, but realistically, it's not going to last forever so it's like he needs to really make sure that he can um uh translate his skills to other genres i'm bringing up the cherry thing right now for the premise oh it's an army medic with ptsd becomes addicted to opioids and starts robbing banks to pay for the addiction and it's like that's like really such a realistic story um, and I'm just excited to see Tom Holland in it because I just really want – I want to see him flex his acting, and I want to um, – I want people to recognize him as a more serious actor. You know what I feel like he would be good in? What? Like a true scary movie. Like a It'd true – like right? To see him in like a horror movie? Because I think, you know, like in a lot of horror movies, they want these, like, young actors for it anyways, but it can come off as really cheesy. But I feel like he would be able to get the point across of, like, or even be the killer himself. I just feel like he would have that range. Yeah, I mean, I think already in the Spider-Man movies, he shows, like, really good emotion as Peter Parker. You know, obviously it's in the MCU, so it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, but I think at least that shows he has the ability for it. I still laugh whenever he's like, if you cared, you would be here, and Tony starts stepping out of the city. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, he backs up, where he's like, oh, no. The best jump scare in the MCU, because I wasn't expecting that either. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> there's Tony. <laughs> there's Tony. Oh, now I'm sad again. They need to get Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. working together again. They have such great chemistry with each other. I don't know. I I would like for them to, like, have a reunion. Well, again, I think the Russo brothers under their production company are using a shit ton of MCU actors. They have Tom Holland. They worked with Chris Hemsworth on Extraction. Um, David Harbour was in it. I heard that they're coming out with a second Extraction where David Harbour will come back. Um, and I believe they do have an upcoming project that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in. So it's like they clearly want to keep using the Marvel people. They have good rapports with them. Oh, and I'm sorry, they also did a movie with Chadwick Boseman. So it's like they clearly like still working with MCU people. I mean, like, when you work with them that long and you know how well they can work and their range, it just makes sense because to not take a gamble with someone you don't know. And, I mean, they got, like, a million actors to choose from. You want someone blonde? Well, we got five. You want somebody with black hair? Yeah. Do you like this? Do you want this? Oh, we have, we have that by the handful. We got them all. So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to Cherry. Um, and that's my number nine. Brittany, what's your number eight? Uh, let me look at my list, because I always have a thing about, like, organizing which one I like more, but I always end up getting, like, it doesn't always turn out that way. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and push this up, since uh, <laughs> since uh, we're on the Tom Holland. I want to see Uncharted. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's coming out, too. (laughs) Because I don't know. It's very like Indiana Jones, I think, for me with Uncharted because it is where they're like basically treasure hunters, right? But it was such a big PlayStation game. I never got to play it. But I remember when I worked at GameStop, people were obsessed with this game because I started working there whenever uh, Black Ops 2 came out. So I think they were on like Uncharted two uncharted three i'm not sure but there's been so many of them that people are so invested in that story so i think tom holly like and this is another thing and this is not to be like caught up on like on a certain way but i didn't realize there's so many short actors and i guess i always saw the character that he's playing as like real tall but the moment i saw him like in in the role like where you're like seeing an example of what he's going to look like, I was like, you know what? This is fine. I like this. I think he looks amazing. I think he's going to pull it off. Um, I'm just interested to see, is this going to bring back, like, the more adventure-based kind of movies? And I think with, like you said the last time, we're seeing all these, like, live-action remakes where we're like, oh, yeah, you know, and we're seeing the comic book heroes. But I think 2021, 2022, depending on how fast they're going to put them out, is going to be the year of, like, the video game remakes. Because we got the Halo show coming out. Because it's a show, right? Not a movie? It's a show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You got Uncharted. uh, You know, Ready Player One was about, you know, kind of the video games and more of, like... Mortal Kombat they're coming out with. They're coming out with a Mortal Kombat movie? Yes, they are. Um, I think they already filmed it. Um, and they just got to release it. I think that's coming out in 2021 as well. But you know me, I've been saying the video game genre is going to be the one that gets adapted next. And we're seeing that. Um, I thought Tom Holland looked really good in those promo picks for Uncharted. I have never played Uncharted. I know nothing about Uncharted, but I do know that some people were disappointed with his casting because he's so young some i saw some people wanting say nathan fillin or uh oscar isaac huh i said nathan would have been great for it yeah so i saw some people wanting nathan some people wanting oscar isaac it's like i get that they probably would have been good in that role too i think they both have the look but um i think Again, like Hollywood likes these younger actors because these are their future actors. These are the ones that they're going to have longevity with. And if you're doing Uncharted, let's say it's successful and you want to spawn a franchise off of it, um, well, Tom Holland's in the perfect age bracket for it. That's true. And I was going to say, the, just the main plot is it says, follows Nathan Drake, a treasure hunter who travels across the world to uncover various historical mysteries. So to me, it is very Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is with Indiana Jones is that I feel as if they're never going to recast Harrison Ford. So Hollywood is like, how do we do another Indiana Jones but not do Indiana Jones? <laughs> No, because the last one flopped bad. The one with uh, George Clooney and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I heard it was awful. Yeah, I heard it was pretty freaking bad. Um, How tall is Tom Holland? Let's look at it. Let me see. 
I can tell you. And not to just be caught up on, like, hype, because there's pr- plenty of, like, short actors, but I think when you have, like, these characters that you feel like they're normally very tall. He's 5'8". He's 5'8", which isn't that bad. I thought he was shorter than that. Maybe we're just short. <laughs> you know what they may, you know why we may feel that way though, where we see a character and we're like, oh, you know, about like the hype. Is I feel like for his role in Spider-Man, they really played up on him being real small and real short, like well, for the Spider-Man always, role. Well, he's always crouching down, and when you're standing next to people like, say, Chris Hemsworth, who's like six. Five, um, or even next to Doctor Strange, you know, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is at least six foot, six one. So it's like when you're standing next to these like behemoths of actors, um, you're gonna look a little tinier. And like on a historical thing, I can't remember which country it was or which ruler, uh, but back like years, years, years ago, like hundreds of years ago, there was this ruler who uh, to intimidate like ambassadors from other countries he had a guard like around him and it wasn't like oh they were really strong or anything he just tried to find a people the very minimum they had to be seven feet tall so that when the ambassador would come they would be like oh all their men are like seven feet tall they're they're like giants and i don't know why that story stuck with me but i think it's hilarious I was going to say, Brittany here with a random facts. <laughs> like, like it just because I was thinking of, like, all these, like, six-foot actors, and then you have, like, your smaller actors who are, like, you know, under the six feet, which doesn't make them short. But, like, Tom Holland's pretty short at 5'8", but I think he's definitely going to rock it as Nathan Drake. I just feel like they played so much on his height for Spider-Man. I agree, because Spider-Man is kind of supposed to be, like, smaller i guess you know i can't think of another actor where i I sit there and go man they're short because tom cruise is super short but they've never really played on him being small and short well robert downey jr is not that tall i mean i think they put like lifts in his shoes or something or i think they give him longer pants there's a scene in endgame where he's talking to pepper and if you look at his pants they're like really long like longer than I think like a normal guy would wear pants like that and it makes him look taller because he's not a tall guy yeah well that makes sense you know they try to play with like your optical like illusion or something but um yeah it's so ingrained in us though because you notice that there is a tall uh female actor they will try to downplay their height Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially when compared to, like, I can't remember which actress you said, but, like, when there would be a scene of her with the male, like, lead, she'd have to crouch ever so slightly during her scenes, like, you know, because where they're panning from maybe, like, the waist up to make the other person look taller. Yeah, I forget which one I was talking about now, but, um... I mean, that's why I freaking loved Brienne of Tarth in Game of Thrones. I was like, she was so, like, unabashedly freaking tall. I mean, the actress herself is, like, 6'3". And I'm like, yes, (laughs) don't make her shorter. (laughs) Like, don't try this shit. Like, let her be her tall self. At this point. More tall actresses, please. Um, But, yes. Uh, Uncharted is number eight. I'm going to get number seven. 
And so my excitement for this movie strictly beca- strictly comes from two of the actors that are going to be in it. Um, oh, and no. It, and it is The Many Saints of Newark. And that's the Sopran- the Sopranos prequel movie for those oh, who don't. Oh my God! Yes, I don't know about. It's okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna put this out there that I have actually never watched the Sopranos, which I feel is like was such a big show at the time. But I I was younger when that came out, right? Like I was at the age where my parents were watching and they were really into it, but they were like, no way in hell is our daughter going to watch this because it's so adult themed. So I obviously never watched it at the time. And as I got older, I didn't have say any sort of um, desire to see it because I did feel like it, like I'm, sh- I'm sure it's a great show. Like people loved it. You know, it was like uh, considered. I think one of like the best shows of all time. But it also played into that whole stereotype of Italians all being mobsters. So I kind of didn't watch it for that reason. My grandma really loved it. Apparently, apparently, my mom would like videotape an episode on a VHS tape and then give it to her the next day so that she could watch it at her house. Yeah, you're like those like memes where it's like uh, say your age without saying your age, and you're like, I remember when we used to record episodes. <laughs> Did that just age me? <laughs> I, I, was, sorry, I was thinking about my mom. I used to always record Digimon for us. Oh, my God. Well, when I used to go to school and I wouldn't be home to watch, like, Digimon or maybe even Batman the Animated Series, I definitely recorded it so that when I came home I could watch it. Oh, yeah, no, that definitely shows my age. Instead of it just being like, well, it nowadays it would be like, well, I gave my grandma my HBO Max subscription <laughs> so that she could watch it. Oh, oh my gosh. Sorry, I was taking a sip of coffee. But So anyway, I never watched The Sopranos or anything like that, so I wouldn't say that my interest for it was there. But then they announced that they were doing a Sopranos prequel movie. Okay, again excitement not there and then they announced that they're they casted john bernthal in it to play like tony soprano's father which apparently i read you never really saw him in the show you just say like heard about him so it's like you have this whole thing where you have free and it's like come on john bernthal so good in it are you mean i'm gonna get john bernthal in a mob like movie, I know, and he plays it perfectly because yeah, you know, we see him as the Punisher, but you're like, oh, what if the Punisher is like, you know what, I'll take over this mob while doing it. That's the vibes it gives me. That's the vibes, and so then you have also Corey Stoll being cast in it um, as Junior, who is going to be the brother of John Bernthal's character. So it's like, so two of my favorite actors interacting in one movie. Sign me the hell up. <laughs> I usually love a good mafia story. I, I know it's like so romanticized and the actuality is so much different. But I'm telling you, even watching like that documentary about like uh, mobsters from like the 1980s, which I'm assuming this is how it's going to play out from the 80s like that. Like, late 70s, 80s, all that good stuff. But um, 
I don't know. Like, there's just something so cool about it. Like, like the intricacies of it. That was like in that documentary. People were like, yeah, you know, we killed people, but we sent flowers to the funeral. And I was like, that's <laughs> awful. It's like some old time scary bullshit. Because he would say like, he's like, oh yeah, we had rules, you know. But he's like, if you went back to Sicily, he was like, they don't like you. They kill you, your family, and everyone you love. And he's like, oh, but we had standards. And I'm like. I mean, good, but how about not murder? That reminds me of there's a scene in the first season of Daredevil where the one uh, reporter, the guy who uh, Karen Page had worked with, he ended up dying, and that's and then Karen Page like took over his like role or something. But he's talking to like an old like mafia connect who would you know give him uh, you know tidbits for stories and stuff. And the Mafia connects, like, you know, everything's so different. He's like, back then, if you killed a guy, you'd send his widow flowers. He goes, now they just killed the widow as well. And it's like, oh, great. Oh, that's great. That's that's fine. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, my excitement for this movie solely comes from the actors that are going to be in it, not because of the Sopranos lore which i think if you're say a real like sopranos fan then you're not really excited for this movie because i think i told my parents and they're like okay who cares you know they couldn't care less about a prequel that's not going to have any like not going to have a lot of the characters that they're used to with the actors that they're used to. So it's like, for me, I think that this type of movie is going to play on people who aren't fans of the Sopranos movie. This is going to be like maybe their introduction to the world where then maybe they become interested and want to go watch the film, you know? Yeah. Well, now I'm curious because I I feel like do you not feel like Corey Stoll and John Berthold have been dodging each other for years because I feel like they're always so close to playing something together or feel like they would really interact well together but I never actually see them really together in a movie but it feels very fitting. Well, they were going to be in that movie, um, First Man with Ryan Reynolds where he played Neil Armstrong. Corey Stoll played. Buzz Aldrin and John Bernthal was supposed to be in it as another astronaut. And then I think at last minute had to drop out for scheduling conflicts. And I was like, they were so close. <laughs> now what are we gonna see? Was it Frank Grillo and John Bernthal together or is it Frank Grillo and Corey Stoll I'm thinking of? Like dodging each other or being together? They're like about to be in a movie together. I don't think Frank Grillo and Corey Stoll have ever been in anything together. I don't think that they're scheduled to be in anything together. I also don't think that Frank Grillo has... Oh, that's right, Billions. But I don't think they ever had a... I don't ever think they had a scene together. Yeah, they were were the same movie. Because I knew Frank Grillo played something with one of them. But I think they were like... From what I understand that movie, it's like there's so many different facets. Well, in Billions, like, I tried to watch Billions. I really couldn't get into it. Um, But apparently Corey Stoll got bumped to series regular as opposed to just a guest. But I don't know about Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo and John Bernthal have also never um, been in a movie together, which is a fucking shame. That is a shame. It is a shame because it's like 
Oh, man. Can you imagine them fighting against each other? Can you imagine that? Like a fight scene between Frank Crillo and John Bernthal. Crossbones <laughs> versus uh, Punisher. I know. I always, They're like, very similar. They're just like two different paths of like the same thing almost. I just feel like they could have utilized uh, Frank Grillo more in the MCU, but that's just my opinion. Bye. <laughs> but, yeah, so number seven is going to be The Many Saints of Newark. Brittany, what is your number six? Let me see here. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh. Is it Godzilla versus Kong or just King Kong? Uh, I think it's Godzilla versus Kong. I think that it sounded better for the thing. Let me look. I'll look at my list real no. quick. It was Godzilla versus Kong. Because Godzilla itself was so freaking good. And so I, I'm like, and then we had uh, Kong from like, it, now it's, it's supposed to be Skull Island Kong, isn't it? This is the same Kong from Skull Island. That was supposed to be our introduction to him. That movie was so freaking good. I that felt movie like was so good. Was so good in it. And, like, the setup they did for it. And talking about how those monsters had basically killed his kind. And he's, like, the last one. But can we just talk about how much food it would take to feed both of these creatures? Like, to keep their metabolism. <laughs> yeah, like, what do they eat? Yeah. <laughs> What do they eat? <laughs> That's where, like, uh, I know it's, like, a weird side point, like, when they talk about dinosaurs and stuff and how we had these big creatures of the past and why we don't have them now. It's most of the time they're like, oh, they were so large that they just couldn't keep up with, like, how much food they need to take in. So I'm like, Kong, I need freaking, like, I need an explanation. <laughs> I need someone to say something. <laughs> I just I want to see what what's going to bring these two characters together. What's going to cause their fighting? You know what it might be is like Godzilla probably looks like those like dinosaur things that did kill his kind. That is very true. Um, I didn't see Godzilla, right? I didn't. Re- All right, this is going to sound so taboo, but I really don't have much of an interest in Godzilla. King Kong, though. Okay. King Kong, though, I have a lot of interest in because I've always liked the story. I liked um, the, you know, I mean, I've watched the original, like, you know, the original, original movie, which obviously was like super, you know, old and technology wise. uh, But, you know, whatever. Still good. Um, I loved the 2005 version with Adrian Brody and Jack Black in it and Naomi Watts. And as you said, I fucking loved Skull Island. So to me, it's like, you know, that's three King Kong projects that I've watched and I've liked each time, especially if this is the same Kong from Skull Island. It's like you, he, you felt so much sympathy for. And the thing is, is that um, Skull Island took place in the seventies. Right. Um, And so then Godzilla versus Kong is going to take place in modern day. Um, The people behind Godzilla versus Kong has said that the King Kong that we saw in Skull Island, yeah, he was a baby. So he's getting bigger because a lot of people are like, whoa, what? Yeah, people are like, um, you know, how is King Kong supposed to go up against Godzilla? Because in, you know, this realm, Godzilla is fucking massive, you know? 
Um, and while King Kong is big, he wasn't nearly that size. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, we saw Kong in the 70s. He was still growing at that point. He's going to grow more. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy about that and also what kind of scares me is that gorillas do go from, like, once they hit, like, a certain maturity, they do get, like, a lot more uh, territorial, a lot more vicious. And so that's going to be very interesting to see, probably compared to as aggressive we already saw him in Skull Island. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I feel like Kong, Skull Island, and I know, like, this is about, you know, Godzilla versus Kong, but... I think what I just loved about Skull Island so much is that it felt like a perfect blend of, like, the humans, but then the monster fights. Because isn't that always our problem with these movies where you have, like, the monsters or, you, or the Transformers where you're like, oh, my God, stop the focusing Transformers. on Transformers. You know, but where you're like, stop focusing on the fucking humans and just focus on the big things fighting. And it's like I felt as if Skull, uh, Skull Island did a great job at merging the two. Oh, no. I'm, now I'm triggered over the freaking... Uh, <laughs> over I'm the freaking Transformers all over again. I felt like Bumblebee did a lot better, but I was like, John Cena, I can't even see you in there. I don't want... I, I'm fine with you being there, but I just I just want transforming robots. Like, I'm talking about their war. I don't care about the kids or the humans. Just please, please. That never made sense to me because the Transformers have this, like, really rich history and their own culture and their own set of um, everything that it's like, why do you need to focus on the humans? Everything is there with the Transformers. And Michael Bay was just like, nah, we're just going to do explosions. 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 Explosions everywhere. But like uh, Oprah, when they're like, you get a car, you get a car, you get an explosion, you get an explosion. Oh my god, that's like, if you ever watch the Netflix movie that Michael Bay did like two years ago called Six Underground, it is like a Michael Bay movie, but on crack. It's so, like, I couldn't even watch it. it. It was like, I don't even have epilepsy, but I feel like it almost gave me epilepsy with how much, like, it was just jump-cutting, explosion, this, 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 pa, 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 pa. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, Jesus Christ, calm down now. Sunglasses to watch this? What'd you say? Do I need to wear sunglasses to watch it? Yes, <laughs> from all the explosions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I love it, Godzilla vs. Kong. I know people have been waiting for this movie forever. I mean, the idea of just, like, two titan monsters going up against each other is something that we always want to see. And I believe that this movie has been pushed, you know, because of the pandemic and all that. And people are going to want to see this, and this is going to be a theater experience that you're going to have to see, you know, on the big screen. I agree. I, could you imagine watching it on IMAX? Do you know I've never watched anything on IMAX? People keep telling me, like, how amazing that shit is. And it's like, I feel as if I'm missing out. <laughs> when I was little, like, uh, I rem- I don't really remember, remember, like, I think the closest IMAX is, like, two, three hours away. But I remember, like, uh, as a kid, we'd go on field trips where they would have, like, nature documentaries 
or like you know something educational playing and we would go and like watch it and i remember it was so freaking cool i definitely have to experience you know whenever like the theaters decide that they want to open again (laughs) oh no but um let's move on to number five i feel like for my next you know picks we're entering the comic book realm because that's always what i'm the most excited for so um my next one is going to be shang chi and the legend of the ten rings now i will start by saying obviously it's a marvel movie so that's just why i'm excited in general i'm just excited to see another mcu film because we didn't get any this year um and i don't know anything really about the character shang chi um i don't really know anything about the actor simu liu but this is what i'll say i knew nothing about any of these characters in the marvel cinematic universe and marvel has made me care about these characters and on top of that they have brought in actors who maybe aren't as mainstream well known and has transformed them into superstars. And it's like, I'm excited for that to happen here. Um, I'm excited for several reasons, right? First of all, we have really never explored the Ten Rings. They've only, say, been in the Iron Man movies and kind of forgotten about. And I'm excited to learn about a new organization now that the Hydra kind of storyline is over with. Um, I'm excited because the whole thing is that Shang-Chi is supposed to be like a master martial artist. So you know we're going to get great fucking fight scenes. Um, And I also saw, now I I follow the actor Simu, and he posted like a video of him like in a video that he did with a friend or something, you know, them fighting. And the choreography choreography was so good in it i was like well if he's doing this on his own you know (laughs) it's gonna be fucking amazing because i i believe he is a martial artist in real life himself and i just always appreciate that when actors have if you're you know gonna be in fight court you know why can't i talk if you're gonna be in fight scenes i love the idea (laughs) of people you know having that experience like uh you know frank grillo uh, you know, being a boxer, John Bernthal, you know, having been a boxer, it obviously translates into their scenes, right? Um, so, see, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because I don't think, I think when somebody hasn't truly been in a fight before and they do, like, fight scenes and stuff, they may, like, camp it up a little bit. So I feel like when you get these boxers or, like, MMA fighters, you know, martial artists into, like, into a scene, they really know how those hits are going to feel and how much force to put into things to make it more realistic. Well, that's like, um, you know, in Endgame. Not Endgame, wow. In the first Avengers uh, there's a story that Tom Hiddleston said that there was a scene where Thor is supposed to punch Loki, and he said that they did fake punching for a few scenes, and it just didn't look good, and Tom Hiddleston finally was like, just punch me. He was like, just fucking punch me. You know, we got medics on the scene here. If you do anything, <laughs> you're not going to kill me. Just do it, and they did it, and it you know, was obviously so much better, so it's like that realisticness of it, but I'm also excited because the cast for Shang-Chi is, like, 
99% Asian. And to have that sort of diversity and that sort of exposure finally in the MCU is really great because it's like we love the MCU, but um, there's only two movies where the lead isn't a white guy. <laughs> so it's what you say? Look back to the original Avengers. Yeah, you look back at the original Avengers movie, and it's like, again, I love it, but you're like, ah, it's like Lord of the Rings all over again. (laughs) I feel like often the Asian community gets so shoved in the background of things, and like, it's not really at the forefront, so I think a movie like this is definitely amazing for, like, the representation. It was like why... uh, some people like originally were like, oh, why did they have a movie called Crazy Rich Asians? But the thing was, they people loved that movie. I love so that movie. Good, it was so good for like the representation for them. Brittany, you have to watch Crazy Rich Asians. Oh my I god! It's it. what'd you say? I have not seen it. I do need to see it. Oh my god, it's so good. Not only is it good story wise, like you know, because the. Again, they're fucking rich, so it's just so decadent everything. You're, like, in awe because, you know, it's stuff that you would never be able to afford, and you're like, I'm so jealous. But it was so emotional, too. I loved Crazy Rich Asians. I was just like, I know why this did so well. Um, But I'll just say that you should definitely watch it. But anyway, yeah, I mean – Realistically, in the MCU, we haven't seen any sort of real representation, um, and even, say, the actors who are of Asian descent aren't represented correctly. Like, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, right? But I do know that a big complaint is with Mantis, them, like, infantizing her. And it's like, that's not real... What'd you say? I know I was saying that's true. So I think there's a little bit of a connection issue because it cuts in and out uh, every now and then. I think it's starting to like even out now. But uh, I think it's on your end, Brittany, because I just heard you go. Burr, 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 burr. Oh well, <laughs> that that's just how sounds on make IRL are. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's because you're in Arkansas. The connections I'll never get over there. I'll it to you. <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited for Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings um, and for us to finally see the real Mandarin after that debacle in Iron Man 3. Oh, I know. I want to see how truly he's sca- like scary. He's basically supposed to be a god, right? He's supposed to be a warrior god, and I think in the comics he's, like, one of the more powerful villains um, to, you know, for people. So it's, you know, we really didn't get that at all in Iron Man 3, um, and I kind of don't know why it's taken so long for them to c- course correct this. I know. I, like, I think, like, what's going to be awesome is, like, you're right, I've never heard beforehand of a lot of these characters like Shang-Chi and I think like um, I think it's kind of like you know with the Netflix Marvel series like I didn't care much about Daredevil I didn't know who Iron Fist was I you know I liked Punisher but I you know only knew him from that one movie so I think it's gonna be awesome to have like be like pushing the forefront like 
of these characters. Like, Green Arrow for the DCU. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know who Green Arrow was. I was like, <laughs> oh, I saw him that one time in Justice League Unlimited, but, you know. Well, you know, what was really exciting when they announced last year that Simu Liu was going to play Shang-Chi is when they announced him and they brought him out, I don't think anyone really knew who that actor was, but we were still excited because, A, it was like, all right, they've casted him, so at least we know. And also just, again, the excitement of an actor being able to be like brought up in the MCU because the funniest thing is Brittany last year when um, it was like the 10 year anniversary of the first Thor coming out and someone posted an article from back then. And it was a picture of Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth. And the title of the article from deadline was Marvel cast two unknowns for Thor. And I'm like, they ain't unknown now. Everyone knows who Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston are. (laughs) So competitive to even get an MCU part because it's like, oh, if I get into my career, it's going to be launched. That was like, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. From uh from Black Panther, he had never acted before before that uh before the movie. I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, Mbaku, that was his name. Oh, Winston Duke. Yeah, I think this was like, well, okay, he had never acted in a movie because he was in an episode of Law and Order SVU. I looked back and like saw it right, yeah. but that was his first movie role. And we love Umbaku, you know, and I really hope that he continues to have a career in the MCU because he's such a great actor and such a great character. And you're right. It's like, I think that's what it is, because for most movies, right, movies that aren't, say, in the MCU, when they cast someone and you don't know who it is, you're like, why do I care? I don't even know who this person is, right? But for some reason with the MCU, it's like you're excited when they cast someone that you don't know because it's like now I'm excited for them to really live in this character. I know. I agree. So I'm pretty excited. And again, like for me, obviously the storyline and everything else is important in the MCU. But what I think that the MCU does really well is their fight scenes. So, again, we're getting a movie about all these, like, expert martial artists. I Like, I just, like, it's so funny, right, Brittany? It's like, we're girls, you know, and not that, like, you know me. I never about that gender norm shit, you know, like, fuck that, right? But it's like, I'm so into fight scenes. Like, I just, I, it's so important to me to see a realistic fight scene. Well, you know, I know this is going to sound silly and maybe not the fight scenes that we're quite, quite thinking of, but, you know, it's like, I love, we love Rocky. We love uh, Karate Kid. We like Cobra Kai. And what are the best parts, like, when they actually get into the fighting scenes, like, or um, when Frank Grillo versus, you know, Cap or Falcon, you know, it just, it brings it really to life where you're like, okay, that's awesome. Like, well, you almost don't need all the magic bullshit and all like, oh, yeah, they use magic to make this happen. It's like, no, 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 give me a good fight scene. Well, that's what I loved about Captain America Winter Soldier. That just hand-to-hand combat shit, the entire movie, was just so cool to me. It's like, I just love seeing that because that's a lot. That's physically taxing, you know, um, and I know that in some 
scenes, obviously it's their stunt doubles, but I think in a lot of scenes it's them. So, like, real Chris Chris, uh, Evans just, like, going at it. You know, Sebastian Stan just going at it. I just think it's awesome. I'm just fucking pumped, okay? I'm fucking pumped. (laughs) Uh, Give me my Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and maybe at some point we can see uh, Scoot McNary return as Jackson Norris. (laughs) I'm just thinking that, too. Like, I hate that they brought him in like that, though, because if they don't end up using him, MCU is not known for recycling a character, like an actor for a part it's like oh you're cast as jackson norris in an mcu like like years ago well that's your character for never like forever now yeah that's your character that's that's all you're gonna play ever i think the only time did have they actually recycled (sighs) they brought back people though like that you would never think they'd bring back like uh in the first iron man the guy who was the actor from A Christmas Story, who is the yeah, scientist. Which I just and watched that movie yesterday. It's a classic. Um, it's a classic. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. But, you know, they bring him back for Far From Home. And I don't think anyone was sitting here clamoring for them to bring him back. Like, you know who they should really bring back in a future movie? That guy from the first Iron Man who was the Ralph Ralphie from A Christmas Story. But they brought him back. So it's like maybe it'd be one of those things. It's like, hey, remember when we really underutilized Scoot McNary? Maybe we should bring him back. <laughs> I know, like that. I think that's why it was such a big deal when uh they they recasted War Machine. Oh yeah, which I mean, looking back at it, was the best decision. Don Cheadle is a Don Cheadle is the best. He's the best. Like I don't think that he would have been as popular with Terrence Malick. I don't think they would have given him his own show because i don't know if you saw don Cheadle's getting his own show on disney plus my era like i told you it's like the oprah thing again you're getting a show you get, a show. You get well because they see obviously that the movies are you know obviously they're releasing these movies in theaters but they're probably sitting there going we can't really focus that much on our movies anymore because the state of theaters are always going to be rocky now at least for the next few years you know let's just focus on our streaming platform what you think about it too is on the story side of things a lot of people's hiccups with things like to fully get like say like Lord of the Rings like fully explain the way that they wanted to they had to make like what three like three to four hour movies to like get it in and I think you know what I mean I or like even The Hobbit which I know people feel strongly about The Hobbit and everything but um like that was a singular book that they made into what three movies too like three hours long Yeah, exactly. So it's like you could just use a show to do that. It's like, first of all, War Machine has been with us since, you know, the first Iron Man. Don Cheadle's been with us since the second Iron Man. And it's like we've always loved him, but he's always been – uh, like on the side really you know it's it's the focus has been on tony and it's like but uh war machine roadie has a really rich history as well let's explore that let's see his past like, what a general 
Like, yeah. In yeah the like, I want to know, know his backstory of, like, getting to that point. Exactly, exactly. So, to me, it's, like, that super important to see that. Um, and I'm excited for him to get his own show, and I'm excited for all of them to get their own show, except Hawkeye. Except Hawkeye. Oh, my gosh. T, t- <laughs> is, uh, I, I won't say the word for it, but actually, um, her hate boner for her, freaking Hawkeye. I mean, it's not even his own show anymore. It's all about him, like, passing the torch to Kate Bishop. They're like, hey, Jeremy Renner, you're going to get your own show. And he's like, great. And they're like, and the premise is you passing the torch to Kate Bishop. Fuck. <laughs> like, this thing is, like, you already didn't like Hawkeye, and then after you expressed that you didn't like Hawkeye, you get the death threats, and you're like, oh, now I very much hate Hawkeye now. Yeah, now it's like, your fandom sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But let's move on. Let's go to number four, Brittany. What do you got for us? I am going to, because, okay, I don't know as much about this as I would like, but I would like to give you my my impressions of why I'm excited. Uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. We watched the first one together, and we really enjoyed it together, um, especially because Rick Flagg was in there, and I know how you feel about Joel Kinnaman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this, like I can just see you like nodding your head, um, which for me like that whole movie wrapped in good feels because of us going to that theater where like no one can talk and that's like my most hated thing. What is it, the Alamo? Like <laughs> where it's like you can't talk. Uh, you write down your orders. You can get freaking full size freaking burger meal alcohol, and we all settled in for the Suicide Squad. And it was like, I don't know, there was like definitely issues with it, like uh, them promoting the Joker being in it so much and giving him the new look and then showing him for literally five seconds. And I remember like, you could almost see people looking around like, is that it? That, that was all <laughs> we were going to have the Joker? Like, okay, when's he coming back? But uh, it felt very much like, you know, in Baby Driver when, uh, when John Bernthal shows up for five seconds and he's like, if you don't see me again... I'm dead. And you're like, I, I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs> that was very telling. Because uh, I didn't think much about, by the way, that scene until they were like, oh, the director of Baby Driver has known that if he says something, he means it. <laughs> but I don't know. So it's a suicide squad. I, I love the idea of it. Uh, I love the the movie, like the animated movie. I think I showed it to you once upon a time, which I don't know if it was called Suicide Squad and that. But I think what sometimes we focus so much on the heroes that the villains are more fun. Like, after a while, we want to get away from the goody two-shoe. We want to get into the villains. We want to see them, you know, win every now and then. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm ready to see. I know it's supposed to be a sequel, or it's not, it's supposed to be a sequel more than a remake, correct? Because they brought back Root Flag. I don't think Deadshot's in it though, and I love Idris Elba, but I don't think he's playing uh, Deadshot. I yeah, he's, he's, playing, he's playing some kind of uh, Bloodsport. I think yeah. is his name. Did did but I show you the behind the scenes um, footage that was released at DC Fandom? Because it looked fucking epic. No, I don't think you did. <gasps> I'm going to send it to you right now. It's so, um, so the thing is, is that at first they were like, so first of all, 
James Gunn is directing the Suicide Squad, and James Gunn gave us the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, so great director, right? Um, And the thing is, at first they were saying it wasn't a sequel. They were like, it's going to be a reboot, right? But then you bring back Rick Flagg, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis. uh, You bring back Jai Courtney as Boomerang. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, it is a sequel. It's just that we're using a few characters instead of all the characters. But the thing is, is that the Suicide Squad has a huge cast and so many, like, obscure characters that you've never heard of that have, like, appeared briefly in comics. And James Gunn has said, like, publicly that... Because you know the thing is where in the first Suicide Squad, it's, like, the only guy who died was the guy who literally showed up for two seconds with the wackest, like, ability. And it's, like, you knew, all right, that one's the... That's the one that they're sacrificing, right? But James Gunn has full-on said that he's, like... He goes, most of the people are not going to make it out alive. He goes, I'm not afraid to kill people off. He goes, and Warner Brothers told me that I can I can kill off anyone that I want. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, he pretty much is, we're going to see, like, actual Suicide Squad, because that's the whole point, right? It's like they could die at any point, because they're working for this. Um, you know what I think they're going to put in there? What? Who I think they're going to kill? They're definitely going to kill Rick Flagg. I was like, Rick Flagg's not making it out alive. I have a feeling. I said that Sylvester Stallone is in the cast. He's that's gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. He is. It's like, that's so great that, like, all these people are going to be in it. It looks so much fun, but it also looks like this just epic action film. Um, And the thing is, is that I feel like James Gunn, like, gets it. Like, he's putting people in their comic book accurate outfits. Like, I just sent you the teaser. Obviously, it's four minutes. You don't have to watch, like, it right now, but you should watch it once we're done with this podcast. Um, You know, in the comics, Rick Flagg's outfit is a yellow T-shirt with, like, the gun holsters. What does he have in this movie? His yellow T-shirt with the gun holsters. He's putting Margot Robbie finally in a red and black outfit that no one else wanted to put Harley Quinn in. And he's putting them in there, you know? He's like, he's putting all of them in these comic book accurate outfits, even if they kind of look ridiculous, because it's like, that's what they look like in the fucking comics. And it's like, it just looks so epic. It looks so cool. It's like, he's so embracing that it's like, these characters are weird. They're the misfits. And it's going to be fucking awesome. I know. And I think it's like, I love her in a red and black outfit. And I'm sure they'll make some kind of comment about Billy like, oh, these other costumes you got us. And then there'll be no more mention of it. And it'll become the nor- new norm. It's just so awesome. Like, it just looks so good. It's be- It's not an official trailer. It's more of like a behind the scenes look at it. But I just... Like, when they showed that DC fandom, like, I know everyone else was, like, excited about everything else. So I'm like, this is what I'm excited for. This looks like this is going to be the best shit ever. I know. I, I'm I'm just, I'm ready for, I'm ready for another good action movie. And I'm almost ready for, like, a redemption arc. Yeah, well, it just, like, it's, I'm interested to see what brings them back, right? Because it's like after they saved the world in the first Suicide Squad, it's like what brings Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg and 
you know, boomerang back to uh, to Amanda Walker and where are all these other characters coming from, you know? I always felt so bad for them. I was like, you really don't have a choice. But then again, you're really bad people, so I shouldn't feel bad I for you. I shouldn't feel that bad. You know what looks great? Too? I'm telling you, Brittany, like, please watch this when we're done with this podcast because um, you remember in one of my complaints about the first Suicide Squad is they put Killer Croc in it. And he literally just looks like a guy with scales, whereas we know from, say, like, the cartoons how massive Killer Croc is supposed to be. Um, the Asylum, he's freaking massive. Yeah, and in The Suicide Squad, they have King Shark, and King Shark looks fucking great. Like, King Shark looks how King Shark should fucking look. Yeah, they really brought back these characters that I felt like for a while no one cared about. And that, that is not in a mean way. I just find it, like, interesting. Like, I'm excited for it. I'm so excited. And, again, I love James Gunn. I love for – he is making it seem as if Warner Brothers is just giving him full autonomy to do whatever he wants to do. And I'm like, that's pro- – you know, because we've heard in the past how Warner Brothers – doesn't really do that to their directors and i think that's why people like working for marvel so much because marvel just let like marvel obviously has a bigger plan that they ask for them to obviously keep with and kevin feige has a say in things but i think for the most part they just let their directors do what they want to do and it's like if you bring in james gunn just let him do what he's doing because he's done a great job with the first two guardians of the galaxies he's not going to lead them astray basically lead them astray and and he's bringing in like actors he's worked with before like michael roker is in it you know the guy who played yondu i'm like oh my god michael oh, roker. i'm telling i'm saying this on air Brittany better watch this thing i just sent her after the podcast threatening <laughs> me um I just really want you to watch it. But, no, um, I'm super excited for The Suicide Squad. Um, that was on my list as well. I was sitting there like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I, I take everything to your loves. I'm sorry. You beach. Uh, but I'm going to get number three. And this is, again, a movie that I really don't know about but again i'm super excited about because it's marvel and it's going to be the eternals first of all first of all you have such a great cast right you have selma hayek angelina jolie you have kit harrington from game of thrones you have um richard oh god what's his name from also game of thrones i forget his name now all the game of thrones all the game of thrones hang on let me look it up i want to get the cast correct because it's a beautiful fucking cast like so good (laughs) so good richard madden um Richard Madden played uh, fucking, who did he play on? Rob. He played Rob Stark on Game of Thrones, right? And I liked him as Rob Stark, but I really loved him in the show on Netflix, The Bodyguard. And after I saw that, I was like, he's so good at acting and he's so good at action that it makes me even more excited that they casted him in The Eternals. So I'm like, that's awesome. Um <laughs> know more about it like i've heard of it but i'm not quite sure what it's about so the eternals pretty much are these like immortal beings that have been around for like ever like 
thousands and millions of years. And the movie's going to take place showing them from like millions of years ago into modern day. And the eternal, like just to give you say an example of what the Eternals are um, in the comics, I believe that Thanos was an eternal. Like, oh, okay. That makes sense. I, that's why it sounds familiar. I know what you're, I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Yeah, they're pretty much celestial beings, you know, and um, so from what the premise says, it goes, uh, after an unexpected tragedy following the events of Avengers Endgame, the Eternals, an immortal alien race created by the Celestials who have secretly lived on Earth for over 7,000 years, reunite to protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. Um, And their freaking cast is like... They have that guy, I forget, I, like, I, please excuse my pronunciation of his name. I'm just terrible at names, but Kumal Nanjiani, do you know who I'm talking about? He's that guy from The Big Sick. Um, he got, like, ripped for freaking playing the Eternals, like, like muscular. <laughs> that He, like, was trending a year ago or so because he premiered his like body to be in the Eternals and people are like oh my god like the workout that Marvel has their actors do <laughs> you know um, like big dick energy by the way you have to have to be like oh, look upon my form what? <laughs> you what I look like because I don't think the like it's not like the actor was out of shape but he just had like a normal body and then it was like he was casted for the Eternals and he's like look at my eight pack now <laughs> Could you imagine having that kind of confidence to be like, look upon my form? Look upon me. <laughs> like, it just like, oh, wait, you want to talk about recycling actors? They do recycle an actor here. Um, so this actress, Gemma Chan, who actually was in Crazy Rich Asians, I loved her character in that movie. She played Minerva in Captain Marvel. And in Eternal, she's playing Cersei. And I do remember seeing an uh, interview where Kevin Feige, like, went up to Gemma and she was like, not she, and he was like, you know, we loved having you in Marvel. He goes, and it's really sad to think that, you know, because we probably aren't ever going to bring back like the character Minerva. He's like, but I feel like we need to use you better. He's like, do you want to be in the Eternals? Oh, shit. You know that's so rare for them, too. That's so rare for them to be like, you know what? Why don't we give you a different role? So they you must have... Complimented it? That, that is a huge compliment. So that's exciting. But I just... I'm really excited, again, to learn about a new group. Because as I said, like, if you remember back in the day when Marvel was first starting, it's like, after the first Avengers, it's like, those were our Avengers, right? That's who we almost thought that we were just going to have the entire time. You know, Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Black Widow, right? Those are our freaking Avengers. Um, and then they introduced Guardians of the Galaxy, who were so separated from everyone. And at first, you're like, should I care about these guys? Because they're not the Avengers. And then you watch it, and you're like, I fucking love the Guardians, and so I'm excited to have this new group, the Eternals, and if they're supposed to be, like, really powerful, it's going to be great. I'm pumped for it. Remember how we first felt about Ant-Man? Yes, where it was like, what? 
who Ant Man? That's dumb. Yeah, and, like it, it just didn't make sense at the point where we were like, oh, we don't need another character like that. You know, oh, he doesn't have cool powers. And now we're like, oh, we love them. Scott Lang is a treasure. <laughs> like he's a treasure. So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm so excited for these new characters because it's just like expanding on the lore and i think they have a great cast like you like robert Downey jr was obviously a big name right samuel jackson is obviously a big name but for the most part the mcu has been smaller names right but you have you have people like angelina jolie and selma hayek actresses who have been around for a long time have been literally in Oscar nominate Oscar won movies have won awards themselves to finally be like I want to be part of a Mar- of a Marvel film. That is huge. I know. Could you imagine getting one of those parts? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just walking down the streets of Yonkers one day and like Kevin Feige's driving by and he like rolls down his window and he's like, "Do you want to be in a Marvel film?" and I'd be like, "I will be a tree." In a Marvel film. <laughs> Get in, kid. We're going acting. <laughs> Get in, loser. We're going to film a Marvel movie. <laughs> that, that's one of my freaking, like, Twitch alerts is I, I have a thing that says, uh, like, Get in, losers. We're going gaming or something. And something always goes, I'm not a loser. I'm like, right now you are. Kevin Feige could call me a loser as long as he gives me a role. <laughs> Oh my god! You're like, you're like, I have no uh, threshold. It's like, listen, I may have acted in high school, and that was a long time ago. But I can pull out some acting chops. No, no. Just I'll, take, I'll take lessons. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Like I wouldn't even care. Like I'm serious, right? I mean, I never thought about pursuing a career in acting. But if they were like, you could play a barista that gets to hand Scott Lang his coffee. Boom. That'd be... (laughs) I'll I'll play the obsessed fan. I'm already there. I'm already there. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I would do it in a heartbeat. Just to say, like, you did it. You imagine, like, you tell your parents, and it's like, hey, in that upcoming Marvel film, I hand Ant-Man a coffee. (laughs) Baby, you're doing so good. So good. <laughs> so, so knowing your mom, your mom maybe like like give you that look, the famous look, like that's it. That's it. That's all you're in. <laughs> you just hand them coffee, and in the film editing process, all you see is my hand. They just cut out oh my, my face. God. You would be like Mike Wazowski, you know, when he keeps getting cut out of everything. You see, like a part of him. I was gonna say Mike Wazowski was always so happy though. Like Sully always was the one who was gonna be so sympathetic. Like, oh, I'm so sorry they put a sticker over your body, and he's like, this is amazing. i relate with that i relate to it too but yeah so the eternals i'm super pumped about also um i think first of all the eternals not only excited just to see what they are to learn more about celestials because if you think about it the only real celestial we've seen in the mcu was ego peter quill's dad so, but these are characters who are very 
involved in the actual comics. So to see these type of characters finally be brought to life. And I feel like M- the MCU now is at the, you know, they're at the the spectrum where they have the technology, they have the graphics, they can make it look good, right? Because you, I guess, would assume there'd be a lot of CGI in it, but I'm pumped. And also the director is a woman, so it's nice to see more female directors moving forward. Um, because as we always say, representation matters. I know it's kind of like, it's like, I think it's that you get different perspectives on things too, because it's like, we are different and similar at the same time, but there's going to be experiences that a woman can pull on that a man may not. Well, that was always my thing when they were, um, when they were looking for a director to direct Captain Marvel 2, um, and they have found someone. Her name is Nia DaCosta. Apparently, she's really good. She's done other projects before. I just haven't seen them. Um, but when they were looking for a director for Captain Marvel 2, it was announced that Kevin Feige was adamant that they find a female director. Because the first Captain Marvel was directed by both a man and a woman. Um, and I saw all these people who were like, who cares who what they are? You know, as long as they do it good. It's like, yeah, I get it. Like, a man can direct women, right? We've seen plenty of that, but as you said, it's a different perspective. Um, there was something I was going to say. Oh, I think I saw her post on Twitter. The The director was like, name me, you cowards, or something like that. Oh, well, like, yeah, but, but then she was, like, joking. She said she was like, oh, my God, she was like, I feel like people are going to take this, like, seriously as if I'm mad or something. I'm just joking around. <laughs> I know. I thought she was so funny, though, because that's some shit I would do. I'd be like, you cowards. But isn't that great to already bring that sort of um, humor and that sort of energy to Marvel? It's like I am already excited about that. Right. We're excited about shit. So, yeah, The Eternals, number three, Brittany, we're down to number two, which makes it your number one. What are you most excited for in 2021? Girl, you already know. Is it okay if I say it? You already know. I already know. I, that's why I didn't say it, even though when you said the Suicide Squad, I was like, God damn it, Brittany. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hate me. I, I was trying to find a movie I was excited for. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, I already know what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm really excited for freaking Black Widow. It got pushed back. So many times. You remember how excited I was? It was like it's coming out in May. May is my birth month. It's it's happy birthday to me. You know, and I waited, 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 waited. Because I have this thing, right? Like, obviously, I love Black Widow. I think she's amazing. I think she's great. I think they shouldn't have killed her off. I think that uh, Hawkeye should have won that throwing contest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying to eat. We just we just didn't want Hawkeye to be a loser. Like we wanted him to be a winner there. He should have won. <laughs> uh, and it's like my thing is is like I get it. I get why why they did like oh you know she's talking about family. It's like but they were her family. It would have been really sucky just to like I well you know what they might not have done that because it might have taken away from what Tony Stark was doing for his family. Like oh I sacrificed myself so y'all can like exist but still still i digress i i just feel like she didn't get what she needed and i wish they would have made that movie before she actually died 
because it's kind of crappy on that front. But um, I'm excited for David Harbour, Alexi. Yes. <laughs> the Red Guardian. The Red Guardian. Because I'm excited. I want to know if he's gruff. I love his Russian tattoos. I have, like, like okay, Tia, I don't know if I've told you this. I wanted to go to Russia so bad as a kid. Like, like I still want to. I'm a little nervous about it, but I, I still want to go to freaking Russia. I just think the culture is so cool. I love, like, the history, the, like, the superstitions with things. Like, I just, I don't know. I love it. And so for me, I'm like, I love David Harbour. I like that he plays a big bad Russian dude. Uh, I, I love, did I mention that I love that it's David Harbour? <laughs> have you mentioned that enough <laughs> if we did if we did a top 10 things that you were excited for in black widow it would be david harbour david harbour david harbour david harbour david harbour <laughs> i know i just i i have no shame to you i just i'm really really excited because i think the plot's gonna be really good i definitely want to see um and it's also leading in for his sister, or like her sister, to become the new uh, Black Widow, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, so I think they've already confirmed that Yelena is going to carry on because she has been confirmed to also be in the Hawkeye series. Can we just agree, though, they're probably going to kill Alexi? Yeah, no, I don't see him. Um, I mean, listen... David Harbour's, like, getting there, you know? Like, he's been in the industry for a while, like, a long time. But obviously, like, Stranger Things has really catapulted him into more of a mainstream. And I think Marvel will do the same. And you never know if it's successful enough if Kevin Feige's like, why don't we bring back the Red Guardian? I know, I like... What if they did, like, a Red Guardian prequel? That would be cool to know, like, with the Cold War and what it was like to have, like, superhumans during the Cold War. Well, the whole, like, idea of the Red Guardian is really cool to me because it's the Russians, uh, Soviet Union specifically, wanting to pretty much have their own version of Captain America. But it's like, clearly he wasn't treated as well because if you watch the trailer it looks like he's breaking out of like prison so it's like what happened that made them like pretty much not want to have red like, guard throw him aside yeah throw him aside so i think it's really cool um listen black widow should have had her movie years ago right like, when the first Avengers came out, I was like, oh, we're going to get a Black Widow movie now, right? Because we've had a Cat movie in Iron Man, a Thor. Like, obviously, she's a core part of the team. Like, we're going to get her movie. And then years went on. And I'm like, are we not getting a Black Widow movie? Like, where's our Black Widow movie? And it's like, I remember when they gave it to Captain Marvel, it's like, you were excited to finally see a Marvel movie with a female lead but then it was like but what about black widow she's literally been here since day one waiting for her fucking movie (laughs) flashes to black widow just waiting patiently like just like dabbing her foot (laughs) i'm excited for black widow though i mean it would have been nice if it came out beforehand right because it takes place in between civil war and infinity war so it would have been nice for that to have come out to show us 
where Black Widow was before she decided to read back. Because you have to imagine, right? Civil War ended and she, and Tony told her to run because she, you know, decided to side with Cap at the end. And so that's why she goes back in search of her family. Well, something had to have happened afterwards because then we see her at the beginning of Infinity War with Cap and Sam. So something happened in between. It would have been nice to see that, you know, but... I'm rooting, by the way, for the backstory that Alexi and Black Widow were married at some point. Yeah, they're not doing that. They've already confirmed that um, Alexi Alexi is married to Melina, uh, Rachel Weiss's character, and instead was more of a father figure to um, to Natasha. Because if you re- it, like, it's not a secret that. Um, the Soviet Union had spies and that they had sleeper spies that would have to be normal until activated, right? And that's pretty much, that was their their facade. A nice nice married couple with their nice daughter who were real fucking deadly assassins. Oh, okay, okay. I'm digging it. I'm picking up a spit down. Yeah, I don't know why they decided, like, not to do that. It's like, I guess in their head, they thought timeline-wise, like, oh, how do we explain that Black Widow had a husband before all this? That makes sense. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah, but um, I'm so fucking excited for it. Yeah, like, all the reasons that you said, and for the fact that, as I just said earlier in this podcast, my favorite MCU movie is the winter soldier because i love that spy espionage shit and black widow looks like it's going to be that spy espionage shit with awesome choreography i like i love first of all i love black widow's choreography i love how she just fucking like yeets herself around people and just like swings them around and shit and it's like so we're gonna get a lot of that i don't know if you remember in the trailer like the latest one but they showed yelena fighting and her fight choreography looked great um like i think florence Pugh, who plays yelena is such a great up-and-coming actress so i love that they have her in this um and they just look like they play really well off of each other i just love the fighting i love the fighting i love the i have no idea what the story is like no idea (laughs) i think so i just i want big bad russian alexi um, he doesn't seem that bad in the trailer. <laughs> oh, but no, like, he doesn't seem bad, but when he's breaking out of the prison, I want to see him in his fighting scenes. I know. I I think that it could be really good, you know? Like, I think they could do it really well. Um, and I'm just fucking pumped. Like, come on. Like, David Harbour is the Red Guardian? Are you fucking kidding me? That's so awesome. I don't know. I'm ready for it. I'm just ready for all of it. I'm ready to see Natasha's journey. I'm ready to see her uh, finally putting the red room behind her because that's what it looks like it is. It looks like she is saying, you know, she walked away from it, but it's still happening. There's still lots of girls who are getting brainwashed into this, who are being abused, who are being, you know, sent out to be killers. And it looks like her 
Yelena, um, Melina, and Alexi are looking to, like, stop that. Oh, that's such a good plot line, though. I'm ready for it, though. I just wish... I wish I didn't have to wait for May for it. I... God, remember when it was going to come out... As you said, remember when it was going to come out last year? We were so pumped. We were like, oh, my God, Black Widow soon. Yes. When they put out the trailer, we were like, this looks fucking great. And then they were like, haha, you got to wait another year. <laughs> I really wanted it to come out on Disney Plus, but I think after the backlash that Warner Brothers has received, Disney and Marvel are sitting there going, hell no, we ain't doing that. We should go ahead and do it at least for now, though. Well, that's like, what I said. Like, I was like, just do it now. But, like, Marvel is literally sitting there like, no, we'll wait. We'll fucking wait. We'll, we're fine with waiting. And I'm like, but I'm not fine with waiting. <laughs> I know. Like, throw us a bone. Throw us a fucking bone. But, yeah, I'm really excited for Black Widow. Um, It needs to come out, like now i just really hope that everything gets better where we can finally see it in theaters but again they haven't even opened up any of the theaters near me and i hopefully if we're at a point like where we can travel next year i wish it would come out around the time like going to new york again and we could um, do it together if it happens where it comes out in Arkansas, but they haven't opened the movie theaters yet. Just record it on your phone. <laughs> I like Don't worry about the jail times. Just, uh, just, uh, They're not going to arrest you, all right? That's just something they say. <laughs> it's like T is asking uh, Brittany to commit a crime right on air. No, but I just can't wait. Everyone, please wear their masks. So that I can go see the fucking Black Widow movie, finally. Oh, no, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. But, Brittany, we are down to the number one of our top ten movies we're excited to see in 2021. I need a shorter title for that, but that's what we're going with right now. Uh, Let's go down the list before we hit the number one spot. We're going to have, we had... Number 10, Cruella. Number 9, Cherry. Number 8, Uncharted. Number 7, The Many Saints of Newark. Number 6, Godzilla vs. Kong. Number 5, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Number 4, The Suicide Squad. Number 3, The Eternals. Number 2, Black Widow. And number 1, I wasn't going to put this originally because I forgot about it. And then as soon as you said Black Widow, I'm like, shit, let me look at my list. And I was like, oh my god, that's right. How can I forget about this movie? Um, it's not titled right now, but it's the third Spider-Man movie. Oh my god, I almost did that one too. For, with the, <laughs> uh, do you think are they really bringing in? Uh, oh, what's his name? Toby? Toby McGuire? So that's still on the fence. There's rumors that people have seen him on set, but it's not confirmed. But what is confirmed is. Jamie Foxx returning as Electro, uh, Alfred Molina returning as Doc Ock, uh, Willem Dafoe returning as Norman Osmond, Dane DeHaan returning as Henry, or Harry, sorry, not Henry, Harry, um, freaking Andrew Garfield is returning, Emma Stone is returning, Kristen Dunst is returning, uh, I think that they're... I think that there's rumor that uh, the actor who played Sandman, the Sand Guy, and the third Spider-Man is returning. Everyone's returning for this fucking movie. 
then i'm gonna be in it um that hasn't been confirmed i heard rumors that tom holland is going to be in venom 2 which also is on my list because i did like the first venom i don't know if they're gonna bring in tom hardy i would almost like if they did do that 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 be the end credit scene so instead of him being in the actual movie, it's like the end credit, and you see Brock and Peter Parker uh, interacting. But this, oh, and Doctor Strange is going to be in the third Spider-Man movie. Um, is he really? Yeah, it, that was confirmed. That was actually confirmed that Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in uh, Spider-Man three because. So the thing is, is that. This is going to be the succession of events, right? You're going to have WandaVision um, that comes out, right, in, like, half a month. And it's all about Wanda pretty much, like, breaking reality. And then you're going to have Doctor Strange 2, the multiverse of madness, that's going to be dealing with the ramifications. And then you're going to have Spider-Man 3 that clearly seems like there's going to be some rift in reality that happens because then um, freaking, you know, why are all these, like, different people from different universes popping up? Because Andrew Garfield is really is literally coming back to play Peter Parker. So how are you going to have two Peter Parkers? <laughs> yeah. I like it. You just gonna stare and be like, "You're me, but I'm me." So how are you, me? And it's like, uh, it's a couple of <laughs> So the thing is, like, I'm really excited for Spider-Man Three because it's like this is literally like people have wanted these actors to come back, right? Um, people have always wanted Willem Dafoe to come back. People have always wanted Doc Op to come back, and it's like you're getting that. And I think it's super exciting. I love the idea of that there's, like, a riff in reality and we're going to get all this, like, wackiness. Like, to me, the next phase of Marvel just seems like it's going to be bugged out, right? Because, again, you have WandaVision, you have Doctor Strange 2, you have Spider-Man 3, and then Ant-Man the Wasp is going to be Quantum Mania. So is literally what it was called. So it's like it literally just looks like it's going to be bugged out the next freaking phase of Marvel, and I'm here for it. Um, my one thing about Spider-Man Three is now I'm seeing people are like, "Oh, it's so overcrowded. Is it even going to be Tom Holland's movie?" I'm like, we don't know how long any of these people are going to be in the movie. Like Andrew Garfield could literally be in it for two seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know if any of these things are cameos or anything like that. Like, you don't know if literally it's just going to be us seeing it and us, like, you know, going, oh, my God, look, did you see who I saw? And, like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? And also, people who are complaining, like, Infinity War and Endgame literally had, like, 20 to 30 superheroes in it. And it never felt as if, you know, it was rushed or anything like that. I like how they're like, I can't wait for Tom Holland to make a cameo in uh... <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Um, I'm just pumped. I'm excited for it. I love it. And I think that they're going this balls deep because I think this is the last Marvel Spider-Man movie that Tom Holland's going to be in. Like, I think he's also going to be in Venom, but that's, or Morbius or something, but that's Sony, right? If we remember, you know, they were, like, 
this is a relationship between Marvel and Sony. I remember Marvel and Sony had a disagreement where they like said that Tom Holland was no longer going to be in the MCU. And then they brought back together for an agreement. And I think this is literally the end of their agreement. So it's like, I could be wrong there, you know, please don't quote me. Like, I don't know how you don't continue that relationship. But I think for them, they're like, let's just open it up to just in case. Like, this way, if we want Tom Holland in our Sony movies, it makes sense. And if we want him to continue at the MCU, we have that ability as well. I feel like he's like the kid stuck in a custody battle right now. (laughs) He really fucking is, but I'm, like, really excited for Spider-Man 3. It just looks so good. I love all the people who are returning. I love that we're going to see Doctor Strange in it because, to me, the little reactions we had between Peter and Stephen Strange were gold. And my my thing, too, uh, God, I do love him with Doctor Strange, but I want, I love Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man so much. Because, like, his outfit is the best out of all of them. Yeah, his like, outfit, I'll even admit that. Like, his outfit, like, literally is the best out of every single one of the Spider-Men. I know. And I do like how Tom Holland's Spider-Man can have, like, the adjusting eyes to, like, show his emotions. But also, too, I was never a fan of having, like, the guns, like, on their hands. Like, oh, it can run out of spider web. Like, how did this kid develop this stuff? I always, like, more, like... Oh, the spider bit him, and it mutated him where he can do that out of his wrist by himself. Thank you. Thank you. Juwan, whenever I talk to him, is always like, well, that's not how it is in the comics. And I'm like, I don't care. It makes no sense that he's producing. Like, they've never explained once how he's producing these webs, like, ever, you know? Um, Like, like, how is he just developing some unknown thing? And I know, like, I think, like, he uh, he was working at a lab, but if you go under like him being like a high school student or even a college student, it's like I know he's supposed to be not ordinary, but I'm still like it just made more sense that he was just a mutant, right? It mutated him. If he can climb all these things, what do spiders do? They produce a web. Uh, it always made more sense with me with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man that he produced the webs from his actual wrists. Like, thank you. Thank you. I've never met anyone who's actually agreed with me on that, where I was like, that just is better. Um, wouldn't, that be a great, wouldn't that be a great interaction Tony requires? Like, it, Peter Parker's like, oh, my God, I ran out or something. And he's like, what do you mean you ran out? And he's like, I ran out. And he's like, oh, these just come from my body. It sucks to be you. I would be like, oh Peter would be like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) nasty. Cool, but nasty. Um, Oh, man, I just, I don't know, I'm excited for it. I just, oh, oh, you know who I love in it? Oh, what's his name? Uh, Newspaper Man. Newspaper? Oh, J. John and Jameson? Yes! Well, he probably is going to be, don't you remember at the end of Far From Home, him popping up? Oh, I did, because they were still using him. I felt like uh, Tobey Maguire or, uh, what's his name, Andrew Garfield? Is that his yeah. name? Mm-hmm. I felt like they'd be like, oh, oh, you have one of those too? And Toby's, <laughs> the, Toby, Toby's the, I mean, not Batman. Spider-Man's probably like, oh, God, you poor thing. <laughs> you poor soul. 
I think that was like the introduction to the fact that they were going to bring back these actors, right? Because it's like at the end, you know, the MCU is different than all the other Spider-Man movies, right? Those are from the past. But then you bring back literally um, J.K. Simmons to reprise his role from the first trilogy. It's like, wait, what? They're, They're willing to do that? What else are they willing to do? And... I think I saw something that the um, the uh, justification for it, right, is they want to bring all these characters into the mix because I think they want to probably uh, develop Sinister Six. And it's like instead of getting new actors to play these characters and you having to get used to them, it's like just bring back the people that everyone loved to play this. It's like you don't have to then – spend time explaining or anything it's like you look at alfred molina and you're like oh that's doc op oh willem dafoe that's that's norman osmond you know that's the green goblin like you know at least as you're looking at them no no like um by the way i'm ready for doc op. did you say doc op was coming back doc op yeah doc op doc op dr octopus you know who i mean yeah 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 he's coming back though He's coming back. It was confirmed. Sorry, I got distracted right as you were saying that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Really? Back here. You, you need to be more in the loop with things. Like, <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, like, I, it's hard to keep up with, like, like, I have, like, Twitch Twitter and, like, Marvel Twitter or, like, you know, DC slash more like the movie like twitter right and they all start blending together and when people are trying to hustle on twitch they post a lot so i don't see much well doc ock i think i was messing up too saying doc ock so doc ock is returning alfred molina the guy who literally played him in the second spider-man movie is reprising that role such a good villain yet like not villain because yeah, it really is fault I think, like, a lot of people loved him. Like, I think he was one of the most, like, like beloved characters at that time, you know? Just because of how good the actor was at it. You want to know a weird comic book knowledge real quick? Oh, shit. Drop some knowledge, Brittany. This is a spoiler alert, and I'm going to get it kind of wrong, because I remember my brother telling me, like, like a year or so ago that... Uh, Doc Ock becomes the new Spider-Man at some point, but the same Spider-Man. Doc Doc Ock was, like, dying. I think he was dying of cancer or something that was, like, bad. And he he swapped bodies with Peter Parker, and Peter Parker actually died in Doc Ock's body for that reason. And so he became the new uh, Spider-Man. That's so interesting. It's so weird. Isn't that weird? It's so weird, like, the nuances of it. I think also it's funny because it's like, so you have Willem Dafoe, right, returning as the Green Goblin, right, from the original trilogy. But they're not bringing back James Franco to play his son. Instead, they're bringing back Dane DeHaan, who played Harry in the amazing Spider-Man movies. So Um, weird. But I don't particularly mind that because I think Dane DeHaan is a pretty good actor. He is, oh, for you, remember in Lawless, right? Yes. Remember the friend of Shia LaBeouf's character who gets killed by oh, Charles Oh, the Ray? one that has, like, like, oh. He has some sort of, like, a physical, like, 
ailments. Oh, what's it called? Not shingles. He had like something. It's oh, I can't remember. It's called a T or something. Oh, I can't. I gotta look it up because, like, I know what you're talking about. Like he he couldn't. He had to walk with a, a crutch. Yeah, he couldn't walk well because I remember Charles Rakes like said something about it. Um, I don't know what it is. Look it up. But so I think he's a pretty good actor. My whole point in bringing that up is he was in this show called The Stranger on Quibi, and he did a fantastic job in being absolutely fucking terrifying and creepy that it made me kind of look at him as an actor differently, where I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, he's coming back in the MCU? That All right, all right, I'm into it, I'm into it. Yeah. Oh, he had a Ricketts. Ricketts, okay. All right, yeah. So that that's the actor. So his, his the actor's name is Dane DeHaan, and he's going to, and he played Harry Osborn in the Amazing Spider-Man, the one with Andrew Garfield, and he's apparently coming back for Spider-Man Three. I see. Oh yeah, he looks creepy as shit. It's kind of funny that they got all these nasty. actors. He looks <laughs> it's, nasty. It's I'm sure they'll do a better costume job and makeup job in Spider-Man Three, um, because Jamie Foxx is rep- reprising his role as Electro, and I'm sure it's going to be a different version of Electro. But it's funny that they got all these actors to agree. It's like I'm sure that all these actors like put these roles behind them, and then Marvel like came knocking, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come back?" <laughs> Uh, I guess so. I guess so. But Brittany, um, before we wrap everything up today, did you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to put out there? I can't think of anything right now. But I kind of went through. Well, that Ghostbusters movie looks really good. Oh yeah, the Ghostbusters with uh, Paul Rudd. Anything Paul yeah. Rudd's. Anything with Paul Rudd's good. Um, I can't think of anything else right now. Um, the only two things is I had Venom 2, just because I actually really liked the first Venom. It's Tom Hardy and Woody Harrelson. Um, and Michael Keaton. Is, no, Michael Keaton's reprising his role for Morbius as the Vulture. My bad. Um, but I'm sure they'll have something connected to it, because I think they're really trying to connect their Sony universe. But um, And then the other thing was Quiet Place 2. Quiet Place 2 comes out next year. Um, and I really like the first Quiet That's Place. Chris is so freaking good. He, he's a fantastic director. Like, and I think that's why people at first wanted him to direct, say, like, the Fantastic Four for Marvel, because he did such a great job in A Quiet Place. But it's funny, because Fantastic Four, they announced, is going to be directed by the same guy who's been doing the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. So I'm like, you know, that's a good one. Just yeah. cast just cast John Krasinski as frickin' uh, Mr. Fantastic, or we'd be good. But I'm excited for A Quiet Place, too, especially since Killian Murphy's going to be in it. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what'd you say? I said I know what you're saying. You pick up what I'm putting down. But Putting down. Brittany, this has been an amazing podcast. Our last podcast of 2020. Tell 2020 to kiss our ass goodbye. 
It sucked. <laughs> I, saw, um, I, I saw a meme, by the way, where it was like, oh, yeah, screw you, 2020. And it's like, uh, remember SpongeBob the worm? And they're like, that's not the worm. And it, like, comes oh, out. Yeah. It's like the time I 2021. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> I hope for the worm. I, I hope for a much better 2021. Screw 2020. Screw this entire year. Um, just, like, leave it in the garbage. Um, no. No. No, 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 no. But, Brittany, before I let you go today, please uh, promote yourself. Let everyone know where they can find you, what you got going on next, and all that good stuff. You can always find me on Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I've uh, been playing a lot of just silly games lately been playing hades i'm actually uh i know this is going to come out later having a community night tonight playing some jackbox games playing some uh some marbles on stream so gonna be doing that you can find me at twitter at itty bitty brit zero and if i stuttered for a second it was because i was sitting here and a cat jumped on me (laughs) (laughs) of course of course yes please make sure everyone you check that out i realized that before we start, I never uh, shouted out our friends over at Stranger Damies, so please make sure you check them out at Stranger Damies at Twitter and Instagram. They're part of the main Damie family of podcasts. They also do an amazing podcast called They Call This a Movie, um, which I pretty much listen to every week, so make sure you check that out. Also, make sure you check us out at geekfivesnation.com. We have links to all of our social media. Um, please also make sure to check us out at Geek Fives Podcast. That's our YouTube channel. I personally have been putting in a lot of effort with editing my videos and learning how to do that. So please drop a like, subscribe, let us know what you think, all that good stuff. I have a Tea Time with Tia coming out this week where I talk about why the stand on CBS All Access is so boring. So you can look forward to that. And... I do hope that everyone had a happy holidays. I hope everyone is safe. I hope everyone remains healthy. We can get through this. Um, As I said, I don't think that things are going to change once the clock strikes midnight, but with the vaccines coming and all that, hopefully we can just move into a, not a normal, because we all know that we'll never go back to fully normal, but a more adjustable world in 2021 but Brittany, it's been amazing uh another year another year of top 10 <laughs> i hope for a very wonderful top 10s in the 2021 oh especially american gods especially american gods you you bet. i've been telling Brittany that for weeks i'm like i can't wait till american gods season three comes out so we can do a top 10 on it so make sure you check that out i'm gonna force Brittany to watch uh narcos mexico season three so that we can do a top 10 on that whenever that comes out um we're gonna do more specialized top 10s in 2021 we're gonna do it i, I i'm ready here i'm here for it t i'm already, i'm already there you're the one that's behind we'll probably also do another top 10 for black widow if it comes out when it's supposed to come out so anyway yes everyone thank you so much uh happy holidays happy new year we will see you next time bye see y'all next time have a great new year's